0: All right, uh, let's look then at page 53, that's where we're at, and uh, we're looking at the battle plan. Uh, do you know of anybody who goes the battle without a plan? <laughs> Some, people. Some people do, hey. <laughs> what happens to them? They <laughs> fail. Okay, here's the first question. And uh, feel free to look beyond spiritual answers for this question. Uh, think of places where you would look for a foolproof plan uh, when you think about answering this question. Where do you turn when you need a foolproof plan? Where do you turn when you need a foolproof plan? You can say beyond the Bible. Yeah, we, we know we, how <laughs> we many we can look to the scriptures, right? Where else do we look for a foolproof plan, beyond the scriptures? Good advisors. Good advisors, okay. Uh, Wise counselors, okay. Where else? Friends. Friends, okay. Yeah, they would fall into the category of good advisors. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, where else? Your parents. Your parents, yes, yes. You rely on your parents' experience, right? Some kids go to their parents, and uh, older adults go to their parents who've had uh, success in their lives. Okay, where else do we look? Uh, What about Google? Uh, yeah. Now you know, you know. You all look to yes. Google. You can say Google. It's okay. <laughs> a lot of people look to Google. You know, uh, when they can't find an answer, they "Oh, go Google it." <laughs> That's right. Okay. But in the years past, before Google, there used to be some a series of books called. And something, something for dummies. Remember those books? Yeah. Oh, yes, something yes. for dummies, and this for dummies, and the next thing for dummies. Uh, so those were places we could look for for, for, for help uh, in terms of plans. But the big thing today is Google. You know, everybody's looking to Google. You, you can't find this person or that person, or this. you Google it. But of course, the Bible. Uh, when we look from a spiritual perspective, and no you know some of the major um, corporations use. Biblical principles for their success. Do you realize that? I mean, they don't call them biblical principles, they would not advertise it, but they do. A lot of you look at some of the plans and the strategies and the principles that they use, they lead right back to the scriptures. They are based on biblical principles. Some labels, too. Hmm? Some labels, too. Some labels, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's look at uh, Bible Meets Life. Rita? Yes, go ahead.
2: On October 8, 1871, a fire broke out in Chicago that killed an estimated 300 people, left 100,000 other homeless, and destroyed over 17,000 buildings. Over the years, Mrs. O'Leary's cow took the heat, no
3: pun intended, in <laughs> the great Chicago
2: fire but historians eventually removed the blame from this poor animal. Mm. One good thing came out of this tragedy. People became more aware of the need for fire safety. Since 1922, America has commemorated the date of the Great Chicago Fire by observing a National Fire Prevention Week. Mm. Schools perform fire drills with their students and firefighters encourage families to identify ways to prevent fires and establish plans for what to do when a fire does occur. We face the threat of fire in another way. Satan, our enemy, seeks to harm us with the flaming arrows of the evil one, Ephesians 6.16. He continually seeks to tempt us and pull us away from God's gracious and loving desire for our lives. Mm-hmm. Satan may be crafty, but our Lord is greater. Mm-hmm. And he modeled for us a foolproof plan to avoid getting burned
3: mm-hmm. by
2: spiritual attacks.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just speaking about fires again. Do you realize that most fires happen at this time of the year? It does, and most of the times is from what? Christmas trees, yes, Christmas space heaters. It's the cold time of the year. People use space heaters, uh-huh. and they throw blankets and stuff right on on top of the space heaters, on near the space heaters, and those things get spread into fire like that. And then people leave their Christmas trees on and go out. Yeah. You never do that. Yeah. You know, whenever you leave home, you're trying to pull out that Christmas tree light because you know what happens. You never know what happens. You have the stacks of gifts under the Christmas tree, and a bulb is resting on a present,
4: uh-huh.
0: and it, it sits there for so long. And, Long enough, it burns through the paper, and boop, you get a fire. So most fires happen around Christmas time.
1: On lamps too.
0: And, and lamps, yes. Yeah. to sleep. Yeah. Uh, this fire in Chicago that killed the twelve persons. One of the things that they mentioned was. By the way, did anybody here ever hear about how Mrs. O'Leary's cow started the fire?
1: <laughs> no. Uh,
0: I, I heard that. Um, It trip over um, a lantern, uh, lantern like the hay or
4: something.
0: Okay, that sounds more like it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That poor cow, eh? Yeah. Uh, But one of the things with this uh, New York fire um, that a lot of people didn't realize, in fact, it was caused by a little three-year-old playing with the stove. Yeah. Right? He liked playing with fire. Uh And and they said uh, the fire spread so quickly because a lot of people, when they ran out, they left the door open and you know what that did? It provided oxygen for the fire yeah. and so the fire came rushing out of the, all the open doors that they left open and went straight up hmm. and it spread quickly uh, because they left doors open and uh, many people don't think about that but you run out of places on fire you close the door behind you uh, and it keeps the fire in you leave the door open the oxygen rushes out the fire your oxygen is fuel for fires and so that's what resulted in, in the major catastrophe in New York uh, a few days ago uh, that uh, that killed all those people and uh, one of the tragedies in that was a fellow who had just finished basic training was, on home, was home for holiday uh, and he escaped the fire but he went back in to help somebody and he died and uh, it was a real tragedy there Okay, what's the point of the lesson today?
1: We can follow follow Jesus' example example. in defeating spiritual attacks.
0: Okay, isn't it good to have an example to follow? Yes. Yes. That's the best teachable moment you can find. We always want an example. How do I do this? You know, how do I do that? We look for examples, and Jesus is the best. And only example we can follow when it comes to... To spiritual attacks. Why do you think that is so? Last time we met we looked at Matthew chapter 4 yes. verses 1 to 11. What was that story about? No one else can do with Jesus can. No one else could do with Jesus can but what is the story in Matthew 4 1 to 11?
4: Mm-hmm. Hmm? Jesus was uh, was uh, the devil was trying temptation
0: right Jesus was tempted in the in the wilderness by the devil and the devil used scriptures to tempt him and so that's why Jesus is the best example we can follow for defeating spiritual attacks okay let's look at the power of the scriptures we have provided for us today the first one is Matthew chapter 4 uh that same story uh the first four verses someone go ahead and read that please
3: then jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness be tempted by the devil after he had fasted forty days and forty nights he was hungry and the tempter approached him and said if you have a son of God tell these stones to become brave he answered it is written I am not made by but on every word that comes
0: from the Okay, so we see the devil tempting him here for the first time in those first three verses. But I want you to notice something. In verse 1, the fact that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness reminds us that the devil is not the primary actor in this episode. Think about it. You ever thought about it from that perspective? Yes, the devil tempted Jesus, but God allowed the temptation to occur. God allowed the temptation to take place. (coughs) Something to think about when we ourselves encounter temptations. Because God is sovereign, right? If God is so sovereign, why do you end up in temptations? Because God sometimes leads us there like He led, the Bible says he, the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Two points must be emphasized when we think about this. First, God is in control. He's sovereign, not the devil. Okay, God isn't the one who's controlling the whole scenario here. Satan can only do that which God permits him to do. And we know that from the story of Job, right? okay God permitted the devil to do everything that happened to Job God permitted it he allowed it he is subject to the devil that is the devil he is subject to God's sovereignty just like everybody else okay sometimes we think the devil is sovereign but he is so slick he is so crafty as the Bible describes him in Genesis with Adam and Eve that he makes us believe that he is what he is not And that makes him a deceiver, right? The Bible says that's one of his names. He's a deceiver. That's his job. That's his nature. That's what he does.
3: But you know, with us, we all know Jesus as our example. But one thing we have problem is keeping our mouth closed when the Bible is open. Mm -hmm. And our strength is in quietness. And we just have to have the last word. If we keep our mouth closed, it's victory and our power is in our mouth being quiet. Yes. And then we can get to that, we really on our way, well on our way. Make the devil's shape and keep it plenty <laughs> and then we can keep your mouth closed.
0: And then you, it inside Well if you don't have anything to say. Okay. But notice Jesus responded to Satan's temptations with scripture as well, okay. Satan used scripture; Jesus responded with scripture. So, if you're not going to use scripture in response to the battles, then give you closed. more that's
3: you know you so you just like keep your mouth because you're not.
0: So the first one is that the first point is that God is in control. Always remember that when we encounter temptation. Whenever temptation comes to you. The first thought that comes to mind, okay Lord, what is the lesson in this for me, because I know you allowed this to happen, okay, don't curse everybody but your grandma, okay, it's God who allowed it to happen, and and it's for a purpose, the Bible says God created nothing in vain, in other words God doesn't do anything in vain, alright. The second thing we notice is that the Greek word rendered tempted can also mean tested, Okay, same word, knows I mean tested. Now, who, anybody here like tests? No. I don't like tests. <laughs> what happens when you test it? You forget everything you learned, right? right? You studied for this exam and you're ready, but when the test comes, when you did that, that test drop before you, you forget everything. Go blank. you go blank you go blank that happens in drama too oh, yeah. at least with me you go through and we, we prepare and we go through the script and we do all of that and when the time comes oh, you're blank I mean you memorize everything but you still go blank
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> stress I guess <laughs> so the word tempted can also be tested God can Can and does test people. Okay, he does that. But God never tempts anybody. Okay, The devil does that. God tests. Satan tempts. Okay, James 1.13 clearly states that God does not tempt anyone to sin. That's scripture. Okay, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Okay, God tests us. He doesn't tempt us. And there's a difference. What is, what is testing uh, uh, intended to do? Hmm? being tested.
3: The it is,
0: being tested Intended to make you better, right?
3: Yeah.
0: Testing, testing is for good. Mm-hmm. Tempting is for bad. Okay, let's see, let's look, look at the paragraphs beneath those first four verses in our in our study guide. Someone read it, please.
1: None of us is immune to temptation. For some of us, certain things continually tempt us. When we read of the temptations Jesus faced, we might be inclined to assume temptation wasn't a struggle for him, because after all, he's God. Surely he didn't face the temptations we face today. Think again. Jesus is God, but he's also fully man. And although he didn't face the exact same temptations we faced last week, he faced the same types of temptations. The writer of Hebrews had this to say about Jesus. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 4:15. Satan came against Jesus with three temptations. The first temptation centered on Jesus' physical needs. The purpose of fasting is to focus on God through intense prayer. So, Jesus had been feeding himself spiritually in prayer and communion with his Father. Yet he was likely weak on a physical level since he had not eaten in 40 days. Satan attempted to exploit this weakness. If you are the son of God, carries the force of jeering. As if to say, why not use your power as God to meet a legitimate need in your own life? Mm -hmm. The temptation was for Jesus to misuse, even exploit, his messianic power for personal gain. Jesus insisted he would not act according to his own will, but only the will of the Father. See John 6.38. Let's look at John 6.38. For I came down from
0: heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent
1: me.
0: Okay, so Satan was trying to get him to do his will rather than God's will. Mm -hmm. And he picked up on that right away. Cool, continue.
1: Therefore, Jesus would trust the provision of his father instead of taking action for self-gratification. Next page. Jesus responded to Satan by quoting from the book of Deuteronomy. It is written, Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm -hmm. Jesus would live in obedience to the word of God and nothing else. No matter how physically hungry he may have been at that at the moment, he would maintain his trust in a loving father who would provide what he needed.
0: Okay. Notice uh, the first two paragraphs there. No, none of us. Is immune to temptation. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how spiritual you are, or how obedient you are, or how closely you're walking to God, you are more susceptible to temptation mm-hmm. because, just like Jesus was, mm-hmm. none of us is immune to temptation. But some of us, certain things continually tempt us.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: See, the devil knows your weak point, and he'll keep plugging away at it, plugging away, and plugging away. When we read the temptations Jesus faced we might be inclined to assume temptation hasn't wasn't a struggle for him because after all he's God. Surely he didn't face the temptations we face today. Okay as long as you are a believer and you are above ground and breathing you can expect temptations. They're coming. If you're not bothering with Satan he's not going to bother with you. In other words, if you're not walking for the Lord and living for the Lord and being obedient to God's word, he's not going to bother with you. Or he's going to go bother with those other people who are are more inclined to walk in and being being an example for other believers. Okay, but if you're bothering with him, he's going to bother with you. He's like Donald Trump. (laughs) 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 You're not a a schoolboy bully. Okay, you pick on him. He's gonna pick back on you. You strike him, he's gonna strike back. Yeah. Now, the, Donald Trump has been known for that, right? Mm. Uh, you 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 don't say anything to him that he doesn't like without him responding back. The mm. well, devil is something like that. He, uh, <laughs> he, you, he, he bothers you. Whatever you do in your life that affects him, he's gonna get you back. <laughs> I mean, Trump may not be a good example, but he's one that comes to mind. Okay, think again. Jesus is God, but he's also fully man. Although he didn't face the exact same temptation we faced last week. He faced the same types of temptations. And that's the key there. Types of temptation. There's a scripture that says, There have no temptation that has taken you, but such is common to man. Remember that verse? Yes. But God is able and he will allow you to be able to bear it just like he did with Jesus. The writer of Hebrews said uh, this to say about Jesus, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who had been tempted in every way such as we are yet without sin. So let's keep that thought in mind. Do not cry out woe is me when temptation comes. Expect it, it's coming. If you're living for the Lord, you're walking for the Lord, you're obeying God's word, you're obedient to God's word, the devil is gonna get on your case. Expect it. Question number two. What are some ways we face temptation through our physical appetites? What are some ways we face temptation through our physical appetites? Right, overeating. Overeating. What does the Bible call that? Gluttony. Gluttony. Yeah. Okay. Sugar, sugar, sugar. Sugar, sugar, sugar. My daughter Juliana loves to eat. I don't think she eats anything that doesn't eat her first. <laughs> you know, I mean, she just. She. I don't know. I understand that she just. She, she. came to me yesterday. Said, Daddy, I had seconds and then I had a bowl of cereal. I said, But why did you have a bowl of cereal? Because I was in full. But then you had seconds. <laughs> Wasn't the seconds supposed to fulfill why you was in full? Yeah. <laughs> the Bible calls that what? That so that's one, one of the, some, some of the ways we face temptation through our physical appetite. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. What's What's the other one? What's another one? Mm-hmm. What about those things the doctors tell us you're not supposed to eat? Yeah. and you still eat it anyway uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. okay those are some things right
3: uh-huh.
0: the diets yeah. the doctor puts us on a diet and we sneak something in that the doctor said you shouldn't have and then when you get sick you go back to the doctor and the doctor said you did it didn't you <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, but I'm sure there are others uh, the devil's first temptations for Jesus involved well, choosing physical needs over God As we'll see in verses five to seven, the second temptation was even more subtle. So let's look at that second one. Uh, Let's look at the verses five to seven, page 56. Someone read. Then the devil
2: took him to the holy city, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone, Jesus told them. It is also written, do not test the Lord your God.
0: Okay, now turn to Psalm 91. and read the first 13 verses, somebody.
3: Psalm
0: 91. Anybody have it? Psalm 91, how
4: many verses? Verses one to 13. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge in my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you, to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands, that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down.
0: Okay, so you see, this is one of the passages that Satan uses in the temptation. That passage said he would hold you up lest you should dash your foot against a stone. So we notice how Satan uses scripture. Uh, question number three: What are some ways we are tempted to test God? Or let me put it another way: What are some ways we often try to force? or trick God into doing what we want instead of submitting to what He wants. Now, we all guilty of that, right? we yeah, can't We call it manipulation. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. What are some ways we are tempted to test God?
1: Sometimes you, know, you want it right away. You don't want to wait. And you, don't, you just don't want to wait on Him. You just want it right
0: now. Right. And we think God could fall for that.
1: And then, so it isn't, most of the time, there isn't anything that will be good for you, so mm-hmm. you can't see the end, so you can't, You don't understand
4: why he's making you your mate or you don't get it at
0: all. So we tried to trick him, and like a little boy, he was praying, praying, mm-hmm. Lord, please give me enough money to buy an elephant. And his father overheard him, and he went, son, after you finished praying, he said, son, what would you want with an elephant? He says, who wants an elephant? All I want is the money. You know, and we do that sometimes, don't we? We try to trick God into answer. as if God doesn't know. It's as if God is not omniscient. God is all-knowing. You can't pull one on God. But we do that sometimes. We do all kinds of things to test God. Okay, let's look at the paragraphs beneath that verse.
2: Satan is cunning, since Jesus deflected the first attack by reminding the devil that we live in obedience to every word of God. Satan's next attempt involved using scripture as part of his temptation. Before he quoted scripture, Satan took Jesus to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. The temple represented God's presence and power to the Jewish people. Therefore, if Jesus jumped from this highest point, he could demonstrate God's power because, as Satan quoted from Psalm 91, 11 to 12, he will give his angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone." There's a big problem with that. Satan was taking the passage out of context. Satan used a psalm centered on God's care and protection for us when difficulties arise, then tried to justify putting God to the test. Instead of rightfully treating the passage as an acknowledgment of God's protection when harm comes, Satan tried to make a case for Jesus deliberately putting himself in harm's way.
0: Okay, uh, go on to the next page, that is page 58.
2: When often tempted to challenge God as well, the Israelite. okay. the the Israelites did that when they needed water in the wilderness instead of praying and looking to God for provision they questioned and doubted his plan they put God to the test years later Moses reminded the people of the incident
0: look at Deuteronomy 6.16 you must not test the Lord your God, mm-hmm. as you did when you complained at Massa.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so uh, Moses was aware of the people's trickery. Continue.
2: Now, as he stood before scripture-twisting tempter, Jesus repeated the same command God taught his people through Moses. Do not test the Lord your God. When we're tempted to question God, doubt Him, or put Him to the test, we can stand strong by doing the following. Know what God, God's Word says. We should always read a Bible verse or passage in its correct contents. Scripture interprets Scripture. Jesus would not let Satan twist the passage of Scripture for his own agenda, and neither should we. Psalm 91 needs to be understood in light of Deuteronomy 6. The Bible corroborates the Bible. The more we immerse ourselves in Scripture, all of Scripture, the better we become at detecting Satan's lies. Mm -hmm. Rest in God's love and security. Jesus knew the truth of Psalm 91, 11, 12, which is that God does protect and care for us. God gives us no reason to question that or test its truthfulness. We can always trust God, regardless of what may tempt us to think otherwise. God loves us completely, and nothing will separate us from His love and protection. See Romans 8, 31, 39.
0: Let's look at those verses, familiar verses to us. Let's read them to be minded of how we are really protected.
1: What then shall we say to, to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord." Amen.
0: Okay, so we have a passage here that reminds us that there's absolutely nothing One fellow used to say nothing, N-U-T-T-I-N. Nothing to separate us from the love of God. But notice that quote on page 57 by Russell Moore. Notice that? Yes. Jesus refused to exchange the end-time exaltation by the Father for a right-now exaltation of the snake. Interesting quote. So we have a, a... Uh, some guidelines there on how to resist temptation uh, to test God on page 58. We have two two points there and that is know what God's word says that's what Jesus did when he was tempted he knew what the scripture says even though the devil used scripture out of context Jesus was able to quote scripture to correct him or to to defeat him. And then the second one is rest in God's love and security, and that's where Romans five, Romans eight uh, comes in. Okay. Question number three: um, What are some ways we are tempted to test God? did we look at that already? Right? Yes. Okay. Okay. As we move to verse eight to ten, then we'll find the third and final temptation which Satan tempted attempted to throw uh, attempted to use to throw Jesus off track. And he always does that to try to throw people off track. So we need to watch him for that. Uh, Let's look at those verses then, verses eight to 10.
2: Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, go away Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him.
0: Continue, Queen.
2: Finally, Satan offered his boldest temptation. He took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Satan could offer those kingdoms legitimately since even Jesus acknowledged him as the ruler of this world. John 12, 31, 14, 30, 16, 11. But why would Jesus even consider such an offer? After all, Jesus knew God's plan. He knew he would ultimately gain all these kingdoms and rule them forever. One thing made Satan's offer attractive. Jesus also knew the plan of his father that the road he would about was about to travel would include pain suffering and death <coughs> excuse me Jesus could avoid all that if he accepted Satan's offer it would mean the instant achievement of his goal without any of the suffering. <coughs> We face the same type of temptation today. We want success, pleasure, possessions, things that are not wrong in and of themselves, but are wrong when we take shortcuts to achieve them. But the temptation to take such shortcuts cuts always comes with a catch. And Satan's offer to Jesus was no different. I will give you all these things, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus had enough. Go away, Satan. I'm always telling him that. (laughs) Good word. (laughs) For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Pride will lead us down the enemy's short path to success, happiness, or whatever we're chasing but the price we pay will destroy us. On the other hand, humility before God will ultimately lead us to experience far more than we can imagine. When tempted to take the shortcut and compromise our worship of God, we should remember God's promises. What no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived god has prepared these things for those who love him first corinthians
0: 2 9. okay couple of highlights there that we want to point out uh and it's good when you know that it's the devil who's tempted you and you are able to equip right away get away from me satan you know who's coming at you a couple of points first one is finally satan offered the boldest temptation he took jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor gold and glitter what is that saying all that glitter. glitters isn't gold oh. that's right so true seen that so many times uh, the second point one thing made satan's offer attractive jesus also knew the plan of his father that the road was about to tra- that the word he was about to travel would include pain, suffering, and death. Jesus could avoid all of that if he accepted Satan's offer. And then the third point, we face the same type of temptation today. We want success, pleasure, and possessions. Things are not that are not wrong in and of themselves, but are wrong when we take shortcuts to achieve them. And we've heard that so many times, haven't we? You know, there's nothing wrong with the stuff, but when you take shortcuts to get them, that's where we go wrong, and uh, and all the lives that are trampled in the process, lives that are affected and damaged negatively in the process. Question number four: What are we often tempted to worship in place of God? Things. 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 Fame. Fame. Fame popularity personality yeah. money. Money,
2: money. money money
0: houses cars careers everything a lot of those things uh, people use to fit into that void that is only God shaped nothing could fit into it but God question number five what can we learn from Jesus's example by overcoming spiritual attacks
1: stay in the word.
0: Okay. Stay in the word, okay. Quote scripture. Quote scripture. But know the word. Yeah. So that you don't like the devil quote it out of context. Alright? Right. So you know the word right. and you quote scripture. And you recognize that it's Satan who's tempting you and be able to recognize it to the point where you say, Look, oh, get away from me, Satan. I know it's you. Okay. Alright. What is the point? Okay so we have a good tangible physical example in how to defeat Satan's attacks. Now how do we live this out? Consider these steps in defeating any enemy attacks that come our way this week. Look to Jesus. Be intentional about keeping your focus on Christ. Lean on him for strength to stand knowing he understands. And Hebrews two two eighteen says for he himself has suffered when he was tempted is able to help those who are tempted. And then stay clear if you know the people, places or circumstances that fuel your vulnerability to temptation and spiritual attack resolve to avoid those things for best results Talk to someone else about your decision. And then thirdly, memorize scripture. Make scripture a weekly discipline and habit. Begin with memorizing verses that address areas where you feel tempted or under attack. Okay, and we know what those scriptures are in our own lives and experiences. And then finally, expect opposition when you step forward in faith. Spiritual attacks will come, but we can follow Jesus' example to stand against those attacks and remain victorious. Amen,
3: Amen. You know what really sticks in my heart? Give me to read back on page 59. Mm-hmm. One thing made Satan's offer attractive but that I put right here, butt. Jesus also knew the plan is Father. Mm-hmm. That the road he was about to travel would include pain, suffering, and death. Lord, bring us to the place where we realize pain, suffering, and death mm-hmm. is your plan for us also. Mm-hmm. This really speaks to my mm-hmm. hands. Whatever we're going through, remember that's the road we must travel. But the end of it is victory for us. Mm -hmm. God really speaks to my heart.
0: Remember, um, Saul, uh, when he was uh, struck down on the road to Damascus and he was told to go and see the priest, and uh, God told him to tell the priest what to tell Paul. He says, Tell him what things he must suffer, suffer, suffer. for my name's sake yes. now at that point paul said what suffer i into that i'm out of here okay. he could have said that all right we, we were but he accepted it exactly we are called to share in the sufferings of christ
3: no cross no prayer
0: that's right